Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and with Roe rolls on. We've got Mark Harris of Outkick.com who will join us in 20 minutes. Looking forward to that. You can join us on YouTube in the chat. Chad's there and all the shows are there. Just search out Outkick and you can find all of the shows. We'll hope to subscribe and you'll be able to find uh, Tommy Laren's interview tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern with Matt Ariza, the punt, the punt god who... Uh, is not going to face criminal charges, civil case still ongoing, still being litigated behind the scenes. And he joins Tommy one-on-one tomorrow at 7 o'clock trying to get back into the league after being drafted by the Buffalo Bills there briefly and then released due to allegations of gang rape. If I can think about something quicker next time, I will let everyone know, and I'll let you know right now. Give us your primary complaints Mm. in the YouTube chat. We will put the best complaint up on the screen and react to it. I thought about this after the fact. Next week, I'll think about it before primary complaint. See how that works, Hutton? Before is better than after. You're right. Coming up with it. I mean, I am an idea factory here, and I can only come up with so many, but I come up with too many after the fact. You know when you have the perfect line for someone, and you think about it after the interaction? Yes. And you almost want to go back in that setting and say, I should have said this. That's why I like preparing for any altercation verbally and thinking about what I'm going to say in a certain instance if someone says something. It always works out better that way. The Spurs, I mean, when you saw that they had around a a, a decent percentage chance of winning the number one spot in the lottery, didn't you get a sense that that was going to be the case? There's just certain teams you're like, oh, the Spurs have a chance to land uh, the the French generational superstar, Victor Wimbanyama. And sure enough, San Antonio, number one overall. It's like when the Colts got Andrew Luck. Yeah, (laughs) followed by Charlotte. When the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck because the one year Peyton Manning couldn't play because of his his neck. And they went right to number one the year that Andrew Luck was coming out. It felt like the natural progression. I'm with you, Hutton. The Spurs getting this guy also is the natural progression. It was San Antonio... Detroit and Houston that had the best odds, followed by the Hornets. The Hornets actually get the second pick, and then the Trailblazers. But I also uh, felt this way because of you know his he's from France, so I'm thinking like Tony Parker. Yeah, it just fits that organization. Seven four, he can nail three pointers. He can score off the dribble, the mid range fadeaways. I mean, look, you can make any highlight reel look great, but even the greats are saying that this guy is a generational talent that fits any team. He is going to turn around and, and, and help and lead a team to a championship. There's a lot of hype coming in for a guy who's 19 years old, but this, this coincides with what happened in New Orleans and others who have recently won the number one overall pick where you instantly are selling season tickets. And they had over 2,000 season tickets sold within an hour of San Antonio landing the number one overall pick for Wimbenyama. 
Well, he did something I've only seen like in a Harlem Globetrotters game or and one mixtape. There's one highlight of him where he shoots a three from NBA range and he dunks back his own miss <laughs> after shooting the three. It, it's unbelievable. And he is a no-brain. He's going to be a superstar in the league. Seven, everything four, I've seen, man. everything I've read about him, it, it, we always put this caveat in there, right, Hutton? If he stays healthy, sure. health's a big part of it. You know, you can't go in and have a, a Greg Oden foot problem, right? That's going to take you out of being a superstar. But as long as his health is good, he is going to be awesome. I mean, he does everything, and he's seven foot four. And just watch the highlight of him dunking back his own three point miss. And that'll tell you everything you need to know about this guy. Well, and like, for instance, just what it means for the organization monetarily, the Chicago Blackhawks, they end up with the number one overall pick, with the, which, by the way, the NHL just has some blind draw. And then they say, oh, we had a very private drawing of the, of the order, and Chicago gets the number one overall pick. Very suspect. They're going to get Connor Bedard. They win that sweepstakes. They have sold just quickly season ticket packages that are upwards of $5.2 million just off of the announcement that they had the number one overall pick before you even see the guy in uniform, before you even see him walk the stage and put on the sweater for Chicago. Same thing here. We saw it with Zion with the Pelicans. Yeah, the Spurs thing makes a lot more sense to me, only because the nature of hockey, you know, you have lines. You're not going to see the guy the entire game. You're right. The ability for a superstar to make an immediate stamp an impact on a franchise, and not just well, from winning from a an entertainment standpoint, because they're going to be out there the whole time. This dude is being, for the most part compared to the you know Connor McDavid's and the Gretzky's. Yeah, no, no, deal. he's he's great, I'm sure, but I'm saying that I, I get it why people are excited if you're a Chicago fan in the NHL, but this is different from the level of what you're going to see right away from Wimbenyama once he gets to San Antonio. I wonder if he's upset about San Antonio, or he sees that and loves it. Like If he had his choice, he's not going to say, but I'd love to hear, okay. in hindsight, what you were rooting for to happen if you're him well, in, the, that, in that lottery situation last night. The ones that were left were Charlotte or Portland. I mean, it, you may have Popovich coaching you know, in, from the retirement home. He's going to be so pumped to coach this guy. Charlotte's a quicker flight back to France, I guess. MJ's that would be the, the owner one. of the team for yeah, now. For, for now. Maybe, according to reports, trying to sell the team. He landed in a good spot. It's a good organization. Uh, they've had a lot of success with international players in the past. So, great news for San Antonio. Brandon Miller's stock not dropping. Of course, the SEC Player of the Year. He's National Player of the Year, regardless of, of vote. And, and everything that went down, there's no doubt that the talent is there. Of course, we know the, the backstory here where he brought the murder weapon, the gun, back to the scene at the behest of one of his teammates who then ended up headed to, uh, headed to jail, headed in the trial coming up for murder, for capital murder of a 23-year-old single mom. And Brandon Miller, not punished in any way, and was allowed to continue to play at the University of Alabama. He's going to be drafted high. He's going to go number two or number three overall. And he is also a superb talent. But Chad, to have the opportunity to go with the French generational player, 
and then have Brandon Miller, knowing what we saw play out over the last six months, just throughout the saga of the SEC season, that's the difference between season ticket sales and not season ticket sales for your franchise. Yeah, and I'll also say, though, that that his stock is not dropped with NBA teams. That fact does not surprise me in the least. Oh, no. I, I thought all along that NBA teams are going to look into it and say, well, he didn't commit a crime. He wasn't charged with anything. They can easily look past we it. We looked say, into it. Yeah, you know, it was a bad culture that- in Tuscaloosa. You can color it however you want to say, we're going to take this guy because he is an amazing talent. And he's got great size for his skill set. So we're going to bring him in and we're going to justify it anyway. And I think you can logically justify it based on the circumstance. The issue that we had as a show the entire time was how poorly the university and Nate Oates handled it, handled the whole thing. And then the celebration after that, that, I mean, all of it was just so poorly handled by Alabama, but I knew all along, once this guy got away from Alabama into the NBA draft, he was going to be just fine And teams. They're going to ask a question about it, but it's not going to impact him. He's not dropping spots in the draft based on this story. No. And, I mean, as far as the draft hype is concerned, it's really taken a dip over the years, right? From, you know, oh, did, was the, was the envelope frozen? Yeah. You know, to, you know, the rehash of the top couple teams trying to find that one talent. And that doesn't always work out. Just ask the Pelicans and Zion. Well, it's, I think it's, it's dropped in popularity because... They're G League uh, elite guys. There's uh, someone that's playing in some pro team I saw who's originally from, I think, Atlanta. That's the projected number four overall pick I've never heard of. Right. They didn't play college basketball. The and a draft, lot of the guys the, are going when back it was to all college. guys, you know, we started with, you know, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant. There were a few guys every year that would go straight from high school to the NBA. That didn't diminish the interest in the draft. But when it got away from, we've seen all these guys have success in college basketball, so there's name recognition with everyone, to let's get Fran Fraschilla on to talk about this great star from Uruguay that no one's heard of. That's where the interest in the draft Fran goes down. Only Fran knows. Fran's the international expert. <laughs> Every time. I do love when they go to the videos of some of these guys. I remember one year there was some dude who maybe lasted two years in the NBA that was drafted late first round who every highlight, he was like seven foot, and it was this just dead sprint to a hook, like a dead sprint to a hook shot where he was playing somewhere in Central Europe, the Balkans somewhere, and didn't make in the league. But Fran Fraschilla's analysis of it was terrific. Mark Jones is not going to be on the play-by-play call for the Eastern Conference Finals, which tips off tonight between Boston and Miami for ESPN Radio. He's been demoted. Dave Pash is now going to be behind the mic. Uh... Dave Pash, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals and more, uh, does a tremendous job. Meanwhile, Mark Jones, you could pick from a list of different things as to what would be concerning as to why he wouldn't be behind the mic for the Eastern Conference Finals. But what he did, Richard Deitch uh, put out the ratings and how they were up for the NBA over the course of this playoff run. ESPN and ABC averaging uh, Let's see, 5.2 million viewers across 27 games for the NBA postseason. It's the most watched NBA playoffs ever on ESPN platforms through the first two rounds. Game seven, Celtics, uh, Celtics Sixers, 8.4 million was that rating and that average. Most watched conference semifinals game on ABC in 12 years. That's tremendous. And 
it's due in large part to what I have led off shows with Chad talking about how this NBA playoffs is the NBA I long for, where it's more about what's happening on the court than off of it. And in Mark Jones's case, he retweets Richard Deitch earlier this week and says, I thought people stopped watching because players kneeled and said Black Lives Matter. Better ask somebody with crying emojis, crying laughing emojis and a basketball emoji. But this is exactly why the ratings are up is because it's not going on. It's not being politicized to the point of no return, to the point of turning off the product. Right now, the product is really good. It's very good. And the competitive nature of it has been great. There's been trash talk. There's been drama. But there hasn't been, you know, LeBron preaching behind a podium while holding a Malcolm X book. That he hasn't read. That he, yeah, it was on page two. And, and being asked about what he had learned from the book, couldn't answer it. Again, if they go back down that path that Mark Jones is trying to then bring into the conversation for these ratings and mocking fans saying, hey, I thought you said you weren't coming back. Well, they're back. And ESPN and ABC and the NBA, they know they have a really good product right now. And they don't want to screw it up. And Mark Jones will continue to go down the path of forcing this down fans, at, at the fans, who just want to show up and watch a game and they don't care who they're sitting beside. And Mark Jones does. And that's why the NBA has sucked for years. And they're finally getting back to a point where they have someone like me interested in watching the product, whether it's last night for the Western Conference Finals, which is normally where I'm turning it on for the first time. And I've been watching now for a month. And that's a great thing. And it's a great thing that Pash is replacing this guy who wants to make it more about what it's been than what it is. Yeah, when the, when the news is more about, um, you know, the drama, I would say, is more about Dylan Brooks talking trash, uh, Nikola Jokic, you know, getting into it with the owner of the Suns, and less about walkouts by entire teams over police shootings. Yep, and anthems. It's a better product. Yeah. It's a and better sports the product. The first or second question isn't about the game. It's about what... Is, is happening off the court. And, you know, forgive me, but I use sports as an escape. And I'm not into clickbait. And that's exactly what Mark Jones is into. Yeah, and Mark Jones um, seems like an odd hang, first off. Just very, just his references are just very strange to me at times when I listen to him on, on TV. Um, but yeah, I mean, his tweet, I find it hilarious that I, I saw a piece somewhere about Oh, well, you know, Mark Jones really hit the nail on the head that it wasn't about this. No, it was about that. And Mark Jones tweets actually proving all of our points right. for him. The moment it got back to being about the basketball and being about superstar players, being superstar players, and talking about the game and talking about their opponent and trash talk being the drama or flagrant fouls being the drama, guess what happened? Exactly what all of us said would happen. People came back. People are watching now and with record numbers. So, I mean, weird flex, buddy, to put it that way, because you put out something that very clearly proves everyone that you hate their yeah. point correct. So, bravo, Mark Jones. Good job. Enjoy the demotion as well. I was surprised. I'm, uh, I shouldn't say surprised. I'm not surprised that fans of a product that they're tuning in to watch wasn't on the network that it was publicized to be. But if you tune into any college football game day, Chad, and you've got a game that your team is about to kick off with, and there's a game that's running long, most of the time the network sticks with that game 
and you have at the bottom line telling you where you can tune in to watch the kickoff of the game. We're headed yep. to ESPN Plus. ESPN News. Or ESPN News or yeah. ESPN 2 or whatever. Well, ESPN had Sunday Night Baseball on, <laughs> the Cardinals and the Red Sox. And instead of flipping to what could have been and ended up being a series-defining game, with one of the young superstars in Connor McDavid for Edmonton and the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who then went on and won the series, they pushed this game to ESPN2 and did like a split-screen broadcast to let people know that the game was starting. And head over there if you want to start the game on ESPN2 while we finish off this 9-1 to game with the Cardinals and Red Sox. Again, not a great game. But in many cases, you can tell where the priorities lie. And Major League Baseball against the NHL, ESPN stuck with Major League Baseball there and then joined in progress while also pushing the NHL fans, which is going to be a smaller audience in the States for this, to ESPN2 to get it going. Now in Canada, Sportsnet actually moved one of their games that was in Las Vegas to a different night because they wanted Connor McDavid on Sportsnet across the country on a very specific night. And they actually didn't mind competing against LeBron and Golden State. It was Lakers and Warriors, same night, and it didn't matter. The NHL moved the game. They forced the Golden Knights to host on a Saturday instead of a Friday for Game 2 of that series. In this case, ESPN pushed it to a different channel and then joined in progress on the main network, and what ended up being a good game. Yeah, tell me you don't care about me without telling me you don't care about me. That's basically what, what the NHL just had happen to them from ESPN, that you don't matter well, as much as a Sunday night baseball game to us, so we're not going to move it. And you're going to anger a lot more hockey fans that way than you would Major League Baseball fans. I will say, I do enjoy the feature on Sunday night baseball on ESPN where they mic up the player for an entire yeah. half inning. Yeah. And I, I always somehow I'll, I'll see one half inning of an ESPN Sunday night baseball. And it's always the inning that someone's mic'd up turned over Sunday night. Tristan Casas, who's the first baseman for the Red Sox. Good young player was mic'd up. It's terrific. Every time like you get so much personality out of guys. And then they have to tell when someone gets to first, Hey, I'm mic'd up and they'll have a little back and forth with the it's, opposition on it. But it's, it's great. And it's also a little bit odd that you know you're playing the game, and these games count, right? And you're mic'd up talking to guys in the booth while plays are happening. I, I don't know how they do it, but it's it's really cool. And, and by the way, like the, while it was, I on mean, you hear him saying he's going, he's going when the guy takes off and steals while he's answering a question during the game. And the technology there has gotten a lot better. Remember when it first started, where you you would ask a question, but the guy couldn't actually hear you. Yeah. Now, now it's gotten a lot more synced up. Well, and they, you can see there were times where he would like say, hold on, guys, and he would be doing something or saying something to a teammate yeah. and then come back. But it, Major League Baseball and the individual teams do a good job of picking the right player for it, I think, also is a big part of it. Um, but Casas was good because they started out by talking about how he walks to the park every day, that he just got called up to the big club this year and he's got a place close enough to walk to Fenway. And he talks about how he enjoys seeing Red Sox fans on his walk to the ballpark for batting practice and for the game every day. Just really well done. I, I always enjoy that. Now, should they have aired the NHL playoff game? Probably. Probably would have been better. Yeah, well, by the time they joined in progress, I believe it was already 3 nothing in that game. They missed three games. Or maybe not 3 nothing. Three goals were scored 
early in that game that were was on ESPN2. Oh, and by the way, there were rumors going around that ESPN asked the NHL to push back the start time of the game. There was a rumor going around that the NHL asked for uh, ESPN to move baseball to ESPN2. And there was also some report that the NHL tried to facilitate a trade of games between ESPN and TNT for hockey. And that while all of those are rumors, you can see that there's some things boiling up beneath the surface uh, with uh, the media rights agreements and which league is on which channel. Coming up, we've got the major. The PGA Championship coming up at Oak Hill. Mark Harris joins us. We'll preview all the big storylines from the top talent. And we'll get a betting favorite in his top bets for the week. That's straight ahead on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. PGA Championship tees off for round one tomorrow, Oak Hill, Western New York. Can't wait. Our next major on the schedule for it all things golf. It sneaks up on us, it I does. feel like. Yeah, it does. Every time. Uh, John Robin and, and Scotty Scheffler will not be sneaking up on us on the leaderboard. Uh, they are neck and neck for the favorites to win the 2023 PGA Championship. Of course, Justin Thomas, the going for the defense of last year's playoff victory over Will Zalatoris. With more, Mark Harris joins us from outkick.com. He'll be covering this and much more. And uh, you can read his work at Outkick. Mark, thank you for the time, man. And it's a big storyline for John Rahm because if he gets this, we're talking Grand Slam, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're kind of talking the, the kind of a double slam thing there. Um, obviously, he won the Masters last month, had a U.S. Open under his belt. So a win here would uh, get him three quarters away to the career slam. But then it gets really fun for the season slam talk if he was able to if he's uh, able to find the winner circle at Oak Hill. Um, the last time we kind of were able to have that conversation was back in 2015 when Jordan Spieth won the first two majors of the year, went to the Open Championship across the pond, and wasn't able to get the third one there. But it's you know that's always a, an awesome, awesome storyline that we very rarely get treated to. Um, 
So that it'd be great. And then the real, real hype too about around that would be he would go to the U.S. Open next month in June in California, a state that he loves playing golf in, obviously. So uh, the hype would be uh, insurmountable if he's able to pull it off this week. How does this course set up for him, Mark? That's kind of it, it's been kind of a weird thing just trying to read everybody's notes about the course. It seems like nobody has a huge feel for it. Um, the last PGA was played here in 2013. Ten years ago, they've had a they redesigned the whole place. They've added a ton of yardage and taken out a lot of trees. Uh, depending on one player, he'll say, you know, it could turn into a bomb and gouge, which you know hits the like of the Kepkas, the DJs, and the long hitters of the world. Even the Bryson DeChambeaus, he won the U.S. Open with that style at Wingfoot a few years back. Um, and then, you know, the next guy will say it's a second shot golf course. And if you miss a green, then you're probably not getting going to get up and down at the rate that you like because the slow pitch around the greens are just kind of ridiculous. Um, it's very, very, very firm out there right now. It's also like 45 degrees today. I guess that's weather in mid-May in, uh, in Rochester. Guys are out there in beanies and the, the quarterback hand covers like you see in the NFL. It's, it's kind of bizarre to see that. And it's going to warm up. So uh, it'll be a little weather dependent, kind of luck of the draw tomorrow. I guess kind of that middle of the pack draw probably favor a little bit better. Um, but I think, you know, just like any major, you got to have it all. You can't – if it doesn't turn into a bomb and gouge, you just got to have everything. Um, the hot putter is going to go a long way here too. The greens aren't too crazy. Um, just an old-school uh, bent grass from tee to green kind of track. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Just you got to have you got to have your stuff in any major championship. Yeah, and at 35 degrees is what we were discussing in the, in the break about what it could be whenever the early session, the early pairings mm-hmm. tee off tomorrow. That's crazy, but the the talk on Rom is his game is built for the rough conditions, and that was certainly what everyone pointed to at Augusta. Could this set up the same way for him? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a gamer. I mean, the guy's just you know everybody you talk to, he's got that bulldog mentality where he's not going to back down. Um, he's obviously got all the confidence in the world. He's been unbelievable since the calendar flipped to twenty twenty three. Obviously highlighted by the Masters win, but he's got three other wins since the calendar flipped. Um, statistically, he's probably not, he's, he's fantastic, but he's maybe just a half step behind Scheffler, just looking at the numbers. Um, those guys are obviously one, a one B on the betting boards and in the world rankings to be frank. Um, so yeah, he could, you know, there's not a golf course in the world where he steps on the first tee and says, I'm going to win this by six shots. I mean, he carries that mentality anywhere he goes. And this year he's been able to back it up. Um, so it wouldn't be a shock at all to see, you know, he'll, Unless something drastic, drastic, drastic happens, he's going to be there come the, the weekend, and he, he, he'll uh, he'll be in contention for sure. Mark Harris with us from Outkick.com. Mark, so Roy McIlroy goes from not making the cut at Augusta, disastrous performance. What has been his reaction and his overall mindset this week as he begins to try to stake claim to a PGA Championship? Yeah, he he reflected on the Masters. Um, he actually withdrew from the tournament after the Masters, which is a big deal because it was an elevated event, um, which is a big no-no. That was his second. So he, he forfeited $3 million just skipping that event. Um, and the PJ Tour is going to hold him to that, which is you know a story for another day, which is interesting. But yeah, he's talked about how he just got way out ahead of himself at Augusta. Obviously, he's chasing that green jacket to complete the career slam. That was his ninth attempt at it. Um if you talk to a lot of people after what we saw last month, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but who knows with Rory. But, um, yeah, he's just – this week he's taking it a little different. He's saying, you know, I'm not really going to have any expectations. Um, he looked really lethargic in his press conference yesterday, kind of by design, I'm sure. Was asked a couple live questions, as he always is. Um, Alan Shipnuck, which is a big-time golf rider, asked him, you know, if you had a crystal ball, what's the golf world going to look like in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months? 
And he said, I don't have a crystal ball and kind of gave him this not very Rory-esque kind of death stare to him. And he was asked again about it and he didn't want to deal with it. Um, so he's, he's on the one hand, he's really, he seems focused on just this week and Thursday's opening tee shot and we'll go from there, which was unlike the masters thing. Um, and he's kind of got, it's kind of a home field advantage for him uh, too, because his wife is from there. His wife's family are from there. He's a member at that golf course. So he should feel pretty comfortable at it, but it's going to be interesting to see if kind of the lethargic, I don't really care too much um, attitude pays off or it's going to be another where it's, oh, I, I focus too much on my lethargic attitude kind of deal. So it'll be interesting to see. Is What do you think McElroy was was, um, was silent, taking a different approach on the live tour questions? Because he's been the one that's been championing the cause and that certainly wasn't the case this week. Yeah, it's, it, I, I, I don't really know. It was... I'm sure it's weighed on him mentally. I kind of wrote about that earlier in the week where, I mean, the guy is human where every time he steps in front of a podium, he's being asked about a tour that he, you know, doesn't work for, doesn't get paid by, you know, it's taken up a lot of his time, but, but he also, he's volunteered to be that guy. You know, he's the the leader for the players. He's the, um, you know, the unofficial spokesperson, so to say for the PJ tour, um, where it's kind of brought on himself. This is, you know, simplest terms. This is a, PJ of America run event, not PJ tour. So maybe he sees this as a, Hey, I can kind of get out of Dodge here and not have to talk about that other tour this week because the PJ tour has nothing to do with this tournament. Um, people will obviously see, see through that. And a lot of golf fans won't, you know, connect those two dots, but yeah, it's, you know, I think he might just be over it. It's been, he was talking smack about live and I know it's calmed down quite a bit over the last year, but even when live was just murmurs in a Saudi back term or Saudi back circuit, um, when he didn't even have a name, you know, obviously he was one of the first that they approached because he's one of the best players in the world, the most remarkable player in the world, not named Tiger Woods. Um, so yeah, he's just, I think he's just sick of it and he's just going to kind of take the approach and see if it works out this week. Mark, doesn't it feel like everyone is kind of sick of it on tour? You know, we've had Colt Nost on, Scott Stallings, both of them said it it's never comes up. Guys aren't talking about it in the locker room. Uh, you know, Colt said the TV guys aren't talking about it as much. It's not as big of a deal anymore. Is that the sense that you get? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when it was fresh early on last year, kind of in their inaugural season, you know, I think everybody was talking about it, media players, everybody, because we didn't really know what to expect. Now it's not, you know, the new shiny toy on the street. Like we know what's happening. Um, a lot of people just aren't tuning in. They're they're more focused on the PJ Tour and all these elevated events. They've all panned out except one a couple weeks ago where Wyndham Clark wins, but they still had the, the name recognitions in the field, um, they're not all going to work out, but they, gosh, they're almost batting a thousand this year. It just seems like the media, you know, they want to get a soundbite out of Rory talk about it or John Rahm or whoever, but I don't think that people are talking about it. Even in, you know, my own, you know, my country club or on the golf course or whatever, you just, you just don't really talk about it. It's just not that it's on social media and within the media, but it, it doesn't seem like it's a uh, hot button topic like it was, you know, maybe 12 months ago. So Brooks Kepka, uh, good performance at the Masters. He's going to be in a group with Scotty Scheffler on Thursday and Friday. Have you seen enough from him with that one tournament to think that he can get back to competing regularly for major championships the way that he once was? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know there's a there's a handful of guys that jump to live that they can flip that switch. Um, and I think you know he'll obviously build off that confidence confidence at Augusta. He's won back to back PGA championships before. Um, Beth Page Blackwood didn't, I don't think at least is too crazy of a different venue than this week. Um, he just shows up at majors uh, in his last 30 major appearances and 16 of those he's finished inside the top 10. 
and won four of those. Um, and then I think just off the golf course, uh, he's just he's in a really good spot. I feel like obviously he's healthy for the first time in a long time. He's got a lot of lot less stress on his body, playing a little less competitive golf. And then he recently got married a few months ago. They just announced that they're going to have a baby boy later this year. I think he's just in a really good headspace to where he just kind of gets to show up to the golf course and he's not really thinking about, oh, how's my how's my injury? How's my back? How's my knee that he's had surgery on multiple times? Um, and the personal life, I think, is is really helps him out a lot. Uh, and that Netflix documentary that came out earlier this year, um, he's he's pretty. He seems like a pretty reserved guy, but he you can tell that kind of that mental aspect got it took a hold of him, um, especially having to deal with the injuries. But he's he's back healthy. Off the course is great for him. So yeah, he should he should be there. You know, he's in that spot now to where he's at live where if he doesn't show up, it's like oh you know he'll show up to the next one or stuff like that. But um yeah he. he he showed it up at Augusta, and he's going to show up this week, in, in my opinion. And speaking of injuries, what about Jordan Spieth and and if he's going to be able to play? What's the update there? And the, you know, for all the talk about the Grand Slam, he certainly went away from that. Yeah, uh, dealing with the left left wrist. Uh, he's been taped up throughout this, this week during the practice rounds. Had to pull out of the AT&T Byron Nelson, which is basically a home game for him in Texas last week, which is kind of a, a bummer for him to miss. Uh, he's been out there all week, like I said, taped up. He's going to give it a go. Like you said, it's um, it's a shot at the slam. You don't, you know, he has many coming up. I think he's still a young guy that he's going to get back in PJ Championship form and all that. Um, but you can't just pass up these opportunities. I, he'll, you know, as far as I can see, he's going to give it a go. He was out there yesterday and today. Um, just played nine holes yesterday. I think he's going to play another nine today, or maybe already did. Um, but yeah, he's. I think he's going to give it a go. And you know, if he Maybe that maybe it slows him down a little bit. Maybe if the injury's not too crazy, it maybe slows him down. Um, can focus on just hitting fairways and greens. And you know he's one of the best putters to ever play. So maybe he's kind of a dark horse. That's you know this could be the this would be the Spieth esque way to win the career Grand Slam, where everybody's kind of overlooking him. He's he's all taped up on his left side, and he goes out there and wins by a couple. Having to overcome the the cold weather too. So what do you make of the best bets? Who who would you suggest that we? we follow and ride with over the course of the next four days. I will bet right now as you give us these recommendations also. So please be, be oh, good at this. Go. Yeah, well, no shocker here, but the, the two the two top dogs at the top of the board, you're not going to go wrong there. If either one or John Rahm or Scheffler's B, B-minus game shows up this week, uh, they're going to be there on, on Sunday. Um, one of those two will win. Uh, but if you want to look a little bit towards the meat of the board, Tyrrell, Hat- Tyrrell Hatton has been – like my guy for a couple of weeks. Um, he's coming in with back-to-back top fives um, in his last two starts. He's been really, really good. He's he's kind of got that swagger about him, that hot head. Um, he like flipped off a bunker a couple of weeks ago just because <laughs> he hit a bad shot. He's one of those guys um, from uh, across the pond in England. But he's just got all he's just got all the stuff. He's there's only two guys on tour this year that are top 25 and stroke gains approach off the tee and putting is Tyrrell Hatton and John Rahm. Um, that's pretty good company to have. And he plays really hard golf courses really, really well. Um, and this should be a pretty tough course. He's going to hit fairway. He's going to hit greens. So he should. Uh, he sh- he's he's not really flying under the radar, I would say, because he's been pretty in form. He hadn't found the winner circle at all. But he he's a guy that could break through. And most most people say it's a matter of you know when, not if he gets his uh, his first major championship. Tyrrell Hatton right now plus forty six hundred to win. If you want to play straight up win bet on him like that, like that. Um, what were the odds that the uh, live broadcast would have to 
sign off and tell people to go to uh, an online stream for the three-man playoff, uh, Mark, so that some CW affiliates could run an infomercial while others ran a, an old episode of the Goldbergs? You know, I, I, I'm sure the odds, you know, they were actually probably pretty low. They probably weren't <laughs> something you would want to bet on. Um, here in Memphis, you don't. I don't even get the. Uh, I guess Memphis CW didn't sign up for that package. Only, you know, a handful of CW networks actually have it on cable or YouTube TV. Um, you have to download the app to watch it. I, you know, admittedly, I wasn't tuned in, so I didn't see that story till the next day. Uh, but yeah, DJ got the job done. Uh, but you know, he's he's going to be there this week too. Um, but yeah, it's like going back to the lift stuff. It's just. Not many people noticed until a day or two later because not many people were watching. Unless you're, you know, this devout live guy, you might have seen it on Twitter or something, but it, you might have just scrolled right past it to where, you know, CW's showing soap commercials instead of a playoff between two of the best players walking the planet. It, it is crazy to think about because you, uh, you do have, uh, there were several, I say several, I mean, you know, half dozen, whatever, Chad, tweets in the story at Outkick. You've got uh, one guy saying that a few holes left on Sunday. Channel 11 decided to go with season nine, episode eight of Penn and Teller animal style <laughs> instead of the play. Yeah, I, I saw it. To be fair, that's a, a very good episode. Though. That, that, se- that season was very yeah. underrated. It's really terrific. Earlier in the week, um, they live golf tweeted it from their official account. It might've actually been yesterday. Just looking back, um, Pat Perez, who plays on live and he's been a pretty outspoken guy. He hold out from like 150 or so yards, um, slightly uphill shot to where you couldn't see it go in. And he hits it, and it goes in. You know, like if you're it's a PGA Tour event and somebody holds out, the crowd goes nuts. You're yes. going to know it went in. Well, Live Golf tweets it, and they're like, he, you know, he makes it, and he doesn't even know it. And like, you know, every they're just setting themselves up because yeah, there was three fans there, and they're not screaming and hollering like you know he just won the green jacket kind of deal. Just kind of setting themselves up for that one. Yeah, uh, Mark Harris has been setting us up for the PGA Championships, which tees off tomorrow. We'll be covering that throughout. Mark, thank you as always, man. Great work, great preview, and uh, we're headed to the online app right now at Outkick Bets to, uh, to place a wager on Hatton. Go for it. Another one, I'll just give you a quick one. Go, Adam Scott, I don't hate him this week. You can get some long odds on him. He's been playing well. Um, I think I got him around 80 to 1. He might even be higher than that now, but um, there's another one I'll, I'll, Chad, let's get after I'll shout out there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of plays over here. I've bet on everything that you <laughs> said, and I've, I've done some other things, to get too, rich. that I'm sure I'm probably going to regret, but I've done some things on this phone right here. Done, done a lot. Mark, I'll, we win. We'll, we'll all end up regretting it. That's part of yep. it. Uh, we win. We'll end up uh, getting you an, an old Smoky Moonshine or a Yeehaw beer here at the at Sixth and Peabody. If I win this That's bet perfect. that I just placed on uh, Hatton at plus 4,800, I'll buy you a couple of damn jars out here when you come down. There we go. Don't worry about a drink. I'll, I'll, hold, I'll, I'll get you set I'll up. I'll hold you to that. We'll have a gift basket for you, you Mark. <laughs> Appreciate you, Mark. There we go. There's Mark Thanks, Harris. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Outkick.com. Uh, fantastic writer there. So you can find all of his work and coverage, uh, PGA, and much more. Um, Chad, coming up, Dalvin Cook on the move. I'm skeptical that he's actually going to get what he wants in this. The Vikings... They want him to take a pay cut. That's not going to happen either. So what happens to the veteran back who was once the face of the Vikings franchise? That's next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton with Row Rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, Dalvin Cook, likely out in Minnesota. They can, the Vikings can designate him a post-June 1st cut and actually save on about $9 million on the cap. He's counting right now around $14 million. He's due to make between 10 and 11 this season. And for a while, rumors have been circulating that he was disgruntled. He wanted to be traded. The Vikings wanted to try to work something out, but they can't get that done. And whenever O'Connell came in, it became a pass-first team. It's not necessarily going to remain that way, that heavy pass to run. But they bring in Alexander Madison. They bring him back, I should say, on a, on a contract that would be looked at as somewhat comparable to a starting running back for what they want to deem their starting running back salary-wise. And meanwhile, Dalvin Cook, the reports are the Vikings want to do right by him. They're willing to negotiate with him and allow him to sign and take a pay cut. He doesn't want to do that. They'd love to find a trade partner, but the problem is there's no leverage there if the teams know that they're going to release him. And the most logical destination originally was Miami, but Miami through the draft brought in A-Chain from Texas A&M on an already veteran-loaded backfield for the Miami Dolphins. Point being, I think they're going to have to end up releasing him. Both sides know this, and that's where Dalvin Cook joins Ezekiel Elliott on the open market for veteran backs where, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook doesn't feel like he's lost a step, but he's at 28 years old. He's coming off a year where he rushed for a little over... a 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, and while still can provide a boost, the, the leverage and the importance of the position has gone by the wayside. And Minnesota was one of those run-first teams, and they're not anymore. And this is leading to the inevitable, to the point where we're, even not, even, we're not even seeing the Minnesota Vikings on their official Twitter handle showing Dalvin Cook. They've scrubbed him of that as one of the faces of their team. Cook's going to be in a different roster next year. The question is, can they trade him? Probably not. But can they put him in free agency and save $9 million? Yeah, and they can do that post-June 1st, which is what I'm anticipating happening. Scrubbing the social media accounts for the team of him certainly sends a message. Also, maybe a little bit extreme at this point in time, knowing it's going to happen eventually. Look, Dalvin Cook is very different from Zeke Elliott to me in that I, I think Dalvin Cook has a lot more left. Not that Zeke Elliott's bad, but I do think that Dalvin Cook is the better player and someone's going to get a better player. Now, you're right, Hutton, that this is not... It's why everyone was shocked when the Detroit Lions took Jameer Gibbs where yep. they did it, pick number 12 in the first round because typically you're not investing that type of, of, of salary allocation, draft pick allocation to that position unless they are a true difference maker like... Bijan Robinson with the Falcons or that type of player. Um, Saquon Barkley, you know, a few years back with the Giants, also yep. a high draft pick. You see those guys come along every every so often, but 
Dalvin Cook's got that type of potential still, and I think he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. So now the real question is, where is he going to end up? And I'm with you, and I think he's probably cut, and then he can sign wherever he wants after that. And as far as where do the Jaguars end up whenever they begin renovations on their stadium coming up next year? Well, Jacksonville, of course, they're going to play multiple games in London. Orlando. Orlando with their mayor and others on board within that city government came out and they said, we will move heaven and earth to let the Jags play here in Orlando. When you think about the NFL and the tax dollars that would arrive there, uh, the number of games that they could play at the, the stadium there, and on top of the fact that Orlando's trying to lure other major leagues to join them there, specifically Major League Baseball has been mentioned, uh, rumors are saying that the Rays have now been mentioned for Orlando. They want Jacksonville as a showpiece to show off the city on the NFL spotlight, on that pedestal, for the other leagues to say, hey, we want to, let's take a look at Orlando. Let's consider them as a higher landing spot than other markets that are being considered currently. Now, the Jacks could come back and say, hey, we don't want to play in that stadium. And while they may not have, and in fact, I know they don't have a stadium that's worth um, playing in in Jacksonville while they have their stadium under renovations, they haven't looked into Tallahassee, at least according to reports. They haven't called Florida State about the stadium there. And Orlando to Jacksonville is roughly, what, 130 miles, 140 miles apart. I think they play games there because I don't think they're doing renovations to the stadium in Jacksonville and allowing Jacksonville and Shad Khan to play all their home games in London. Because I bet a part of this renovation is you're not going to then play a majority of your home games in London based on all of this. And they would not set that precedent by allowing the Jags to play their entire home schedule there. I'd rather them play in London than Orlando. I'd rather them stop the flirting and go ahead and get married and just move the Jags to London if that's what they're going to do. Um, and I do not want to hear about Major League Baseball relocating from Florida to anywhere in Florida. Florida sucks for Major League Baseball. The experiment is over. The Marlins have no one going to games. The Rays have no one going to games. Failed experiment. The Marlins aren't moving anytime soon. Move the Rays out of Florida. I don't want them going from Tampa to Orlando. Go somewhere else. Anywhere else. Don't stay in Florida. That's my advice to Major League Baseball. All about the kids there, Chad. All about family. Get them out. The kingdom. There's families in Nashville. All about magic. There's families in Montreal. Send them back to Canada. The Mets are spending big money. It's not translating to wins yet. We'll dive in there. And the move that we saw from Phoenix at head coach. 